Welcome to our podcast, All Things Baptist. We desire to bring awareness to what we believe as Baptist, to engage the listener to understand different views of Baptist theology, and to help the listener know more about all things Baptist. This may be talking with pastors, leaders, missionaries, or just introducing some great Baptist of the past. We hope that it is a blessing and help to you. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. It's great to have Dr. John O'Malley with us here on the All Things Baptist podcast. So here we go. Um, so, Dr. O'Malley, welcome. Thanks for coming on. It is my distinct pleasure. All right. So, um, and I was reading some of the notes. He shared some of his notes from the podcast here in the out in podcast land. We're going to reveal the secrets here. So uh, <laughs> give um, give a short testimony of how God has led. Now, uh, it was interesting to me because you're like, well, I think I'm more followed. So you could explain that as God yeah. has led, followed you into missions work. Right. Well, thanks, thanks again for the opportunity. Yeah. You know, to, to answer that question, how did God lead? It's clear that God has to lead us. He is a shepherd. That is yeah. the implication. We're the sheep. Yeah. And so it the tension or the struggle in that is how did he lead? I think he's always leading. For me, he led geographically. He led in as a characteristic trait. He led patiently and lovingly and graciously, but he also led in tasks specifically. I, I, I would say to the age of four at a word of life camp in Shroon Lake, New York. And from there, my parents were first-generation Christians. Our family came from uh, an ecclesiastical background that would be denominational. And so this was my parents get saved. And and as God reached them, then that changed the culture of our home. By the time I'm 10 years old, my dad is pastoring. Mm. And I went forward in a missions conference where— uh, an unmarried lady was there and speaking about going to Africa. And in that process, I, I just submitted my life to the Lord. So coming up in a gospel-centered home, that's how God led. My parents were huge, uh, placed a huge focus on self-development and positivity. My dad had us reading all sorts of positive thinking books and <laughs> and all the time constantly guiding us, making sure that we were reading. By the time I'm eight years old, I've read The Power of Positive Thinking. I've read Thinking Grow Rich. I've read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. These are things my parents drove into us. So this God led by the culture of our home. Then God led me to the Caribbean as a church planter. And yep. then after planting two churches there, God led me to the pastor in Alabama. And then God led me here in leadership at Worldwide New Testament Baptist Mission. So I think for me, if I re-asked your question or added on, stood on the shoulders of your question, I would say is the real thought to the answer is how did I follow? Yeah. Did I always follow? Was I submissive in his leadership? Yep. Yep. So that's for me, that's how he led. But for me, it always is self-analysis. How did I follow? Yeah. Was there a place he led that I didn't go? Yeah. Did he give me a Nineveh moment and I fought it? I think that's for me where I have to think about it in those terms. Yep. Um, and that 
would open up a whole can of worms, which I'm not going to do, because um, <laughs> try to keep focused here, focused because that was mm-hmm. just an instru- interesting uh, take on it. Because I I think that uh, there's a lot of discussion on leading and following all that type of things, mm-hmm. and I I think that that was a, a good balance to it. So my next Amen. question is uh, mm-hmm. some of the biggest changes for you as you transition sure. from the mission field and from the mission field to pastoring. And now uh, in this area that you're in, uh, I'm sure there, there was changes, but uh, again, uh, just to explain some of that and how uh, God has helped you. And I think it, it, our, our first question, you know, God prepares us all along and all of your different experiences, I think, help you and helping other people, if that makes sense. So, some right. of the biggest there's changes. No, yeah, there's no incidental contact in ministry or the gospel work. There is no incidental meeting, yeah. right, where you meet somebody, or yeah. there's no uh, sideline relationship thing. God just takes all of those things yep. and puts them to his, his glory. Uh, biggest changes in transition? Well, practically speaking, geography changed. I was in the Caribbean, then I was in Alabama, then based here in North Carolina. Uh, from Grenada to Alabama to North Carolina, accents change, cultures change, the culture changed, responsibilities changed, yeah. and the people changed. But gospel work is people work. And I, what I want when change comes to me is that I am changed more into his image and less into my image. Because harvest work, mission work, gospel work, people work, that's never about the worker. It's about the one for whom we work. But there's this hyper fixation of, I don't like change. Well, I think the real question (laughs) is, is how much pride have you surrendered to God? Because if you don't like change and he's the shepherd, you're the one with the problem. So it's about the one for whom we work. Changes are God's decision. His change for me means that he's chosen to make me better for him, his work, his glory, and the good of the gospel. I think about Philippians 1. 13 through 17, Paul talks about his bonds that are in Christ that are manifest in the palace and all other places. And then there were brethren in the Lord, waxing confident in his bonds, more bold to speak the word without fear. He said, some preach Christ of envy and strife, also of goodwill. One preaches Christ of contention, right? Not sincerely, supposing to add afflictions to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. When changes and challenges and obstacles come, it's for the furtherance of the gospel. It's helped to set us for the defense of the gospel, and we ought to quit whining about it. <laughs> the furtherance of the gospel and determine how I am set for the defense. In leadership, a pastor, church, planter, missionary, if he knows me and he picks my context, who am I to complain about the change of that. He believes I'm capable of whatever task he's asked me to do. So how I feel has nothing to do with my responsibility. The work of the gospel means I am where the Lord of the harvest placed me. So when you struggle with change, I understand people do that, but the struggle is really, do you have pride or do you have submission? Because my daily questions ought to be, will I further the gospel today and did anything I faced yesterday change me in my defense for the gospel? Hmm. It's all about him. If I fixate on personal impact of a context or a condition, our stories then begin to supplant the gospel. 
our message is the gospel. And if God changes something in our lives and you resist that or you're reluctant about it, yeah, I'd say build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> so good thoughts there. So now we come to one of the main reasons that I'm interviewing you, and that is I'm looking forward to March. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to have you in for four days, so uh, three heavy days. Uh, that's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, March 26th, 27th, 28th. And then the 29th is just on uh, Friday morning. And so I want to talk about that, uh, that you'll be coming in and teaching on biblical missions. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I did, just so you know, just giving you, you know, full disclosure here, I introduced um, introduced a podcast earlier, and I was saying that, uh, I was having you on, and that uh, I really had to help you in understanding a little bit about missions. So, um. <laughs> ah, well, listen, I'll take all the teaching I can get, my friend. No, Absolutely, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it because uh, with your experience and you've had experience in numerous different ways, you know. So as a missionary, mm-hmm. but then as a pastor, and now heading up a mission agency. Um, mm-hmm. So what are we going to try to accomplish? Uh, maybe give us some bullet points of some things, some highlights sure. that will be covered in that class. What I'm trying to do is whet some appetites of guys out there, and maybe they would come in for a module here in uh, next March, March of 2024. So let's start talking through some of those things. Sure. So this idea of biblical missions, it has to, just by its very nature, imply that there are things that are in missions that are unbiblical, which we know there are. But I want to do in this class is cultivate a theology of missions for every student, everybody that whether they audit or they're taking for credit. I want to take people on a journey looking at how God is working to redeem man and reach man, to understand missions from God's perspective. So we're going to look at principles and the examples of how God has been at work to reach man. Think about it this way. God started with a man and a wife in the garden. And then from there, he decided to work with a family, Abraham, and promised in Abraham that he would bless those that bless him. And now we go from there to Satan's effort to thwart the very plan of God. And you get to critical moments as in the book of Ruth and to see that Satan is going to try to stop the line of Christ, but God is always working out his plan. So we're going to look at principles and examples of God reaching man. The biggest picture is the understanding the theology or the instruction, the biblical example. And I'll show a theology of missions in the Old Testament when God first began seeking man. And then I'll go to the New Testament and where showed that Christ's coming was at the fullness of time. And if you look at it, it's probably a scope and sequence of the redeeming plan of God or God's plan of redemption. We'll look at a theology and missions in the gospel message itself. We'll look at God's heart and see what he's been doing in the, in his heart toward man, as well as we'll look at the local church and we'll say, what is a theology of missions for local church? And then lastly, we will have a look at the theology of missions in relation to the Bema seat. 
And I think mm. these things will help us get a complete overview. Then on Friday, Brother Steve, what we were talking about was having a guided discussion for a couple hours, Q&A, help practical things to make sure our students are leaving that class with not just theory, but practice. And that's going to be my heartbeat next March. Yep. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know that um, we talked a lot um, when you were here uh, just in October uh, talking through. Back when you were helping me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now now you're going to hold that over me. Uh, but, hey, you know, I was. Only forever. It's <laughs> right. fine. <laughs> but um, I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to getting some men to come in and seeing that God is concerned. I think sometimes I appreciated when you were here just uh, even in preaching to the, the local church. Sometimes the local church concept, you can you can all you think of missions as an overseas all the time and you were addressing very, very much that uh, the local church needed to be concerned about the harvest here. Oh my! And, yes. I, and I appreciated that because I think sometimes, uh, in fact, I was just talking to uh, a man that's very involved uh, with the mission agency, and he said that as as a mission agency, they're not really lacking. All right, so be ready for this, brother O'Malley. They're not really lacking. All right, they're not really lacking money. They're lacking people. And if, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I'm not saying that um, I, I just stared at him and said, well, you could give me some. All right. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but I am seeing that too. I understood what he was saying. A, a lot of times people are willing to give money, but they don't want to give their heart. They don't want to, they don't mm-hmm. uh, the, themselves. And I think that is a godly take on understanding missions too, is God's concern is not just with our pocketbook. He's concerned with all of us. And so sure. I think that is, I'm just looking forward to it. I love the idea of missions and um, reaching the world for Christ. And I know that's been Amen. a heartbeat of yours for a long time now. So, Yes, sir. Well, I would love to see the classroom experience be an incubator of thought yep. and philosophy so we can change not just the student's that attend, but rather to change the world. I want to come and extend their vision. I want to have my heart challenged by their passion for education. And I want to see us change the world by standing in a classroom, not just spouting theory, but developing the heart as God has it. One thing I know about that, uh, the statement your colleague said was, that the fact of it's not a money problem, it's people following. Jesus brought this principle out. He said, the laborers are few, pray. And yep. prayer is a necessary part of yeah. this. Amen. Will the money come? Heart always follows treasure. So put your heart in the right place. If your heart is in missions, treasures will follow. Amen. If you're, if you're, if you're treasuring something else, your heart's going to be somewhere else. Yeah. Amen. Well, I appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy. Appreciate you taking time, and I'm looking forward to March. Amen. Me too. Thank you. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path 
for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.